1: Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. Because I've got my finger on the pulse, uh, the underground little artwork I wanted to share with you today, Shag, is the book named by Amazon as the best book of 2022. So... Over a year old, so out of date,
0: <laughs> and
1: named by probably one of the biggest businesses l- the world has literally ever seen as its most prominent and famous book. So let me take you
0: behind the curtain
1: <laughs> 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 to this exciting underground um, a discovery of mine. I'm talking about tomorrow and tomorrow, and tomorrow, oh, oh, Peach, by Peach. Gabrielle Zevin.
0: Peach, now, now, mm. I, like I don't want to ruin your flow. So mm. this book has been gifted to me by Adele. She's told me mm-hmm. I need to read it. It's on my holiday reading list. I haven't read a mm. book in about two years. I'm really excited to read it. Uh, c- can you do this intro without spoiling the book for me?
1: No, 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 tough <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't, please don't. It's spoil- really important. It's really important that it gets spoiled. No, so, please strap yourself no, in. No, no. So there are the main characters are, right? <laughs> um, yes, I can. Just give me 10 seconds. <laughs> so there are a number of characters in the book.
0: This is, no, a no, and this is for real. And like, you oh, know. Like, I like, no, I'm being for real as this well. Is, this is a spell. Like, I need to read this properly. So
1: firstly, props to Adele. You will enjoy this book. Uh, there is a theme of collaboration. In the book, yeah, between people,
0: <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, you and I collaborate, yes. <laughs> um, and have done for over time. <laughs> um, um <laughs> It's gone okay, I think, for you and me, <laughs> right?
0: Yep, yep. Right? No, it's gone really well.
1: Um, and, you know, so I'm going to get here. And, and one of the reflections that sort of arose from reading this book and a comment you made a couple of weeks ago was um, that we've never tried to commercialise our collaborations. And so it's only ever been two people involved in the making of the stuff we make. It's you and me. It's not you, me, and the market, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I didn't want to get to Maudlin about it. And I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Uh, one of the joys of reading novels is, of course, is that sometimes they bring more truth to them than the bullshit fucking nonfiction that, that we sometimes put ourselves through. And, I was not expecting to manage my spoilers this time. Shag, like, how do you imagine this podcast if we were trying to commercialise It's sort of one way of coming about it. If, If the fat cat said, all right, Peach and Shag, we need a proof of concept as to whether this is any good. And I don't think I've got a competent answer if there had to be the market involved in our partnership. And Shag, I think that's why... We have a nice, creative, spoiler-free
0: relationship. <laughs> like, well, to be honest, I th- I think you've done exceptionally well. I think you've done exceptionally well mm. to not spoil the book, but also mm. have a point there. I think... We're Spooko, we're Sidetracko, but it's the end of the year. We're Reflecto. We're Nightmare Method. We're Nightmare Method. It's coming soon. I'm editing it and it sounds so good. Sounds- oh, I can't
1: believe it sounds good. I can't wait to hear yeah, it. Yeah,
0: can I tell you the truth? So we recorded yeah. our new podcast, Nightmare Method, at an amazing creative yes. retreat that was facilitated by Adele. Uh, thank mm. you so much. And Adele's mum, Julie, thank you so much. Mm. And because we recorded it in such a flurry... I was so worried to listen back to it that it would be garbage. I was so worried that it would be incoherent, we would be jumping around. And it's not to say that it's coherent if you've never heard a Peter Chag podcast. But, no. Yeah. If you've never heard a Peach and Chad podcast before, hey, maybe. But if you have heard a Peach and Chag podcast before, mm. if you like Peach and Chag podcasts, and if the mm. thing you like about it is hearing us chat about stuff, you are in for a treat.
1: I wonder if you like Peach and Shag podcast, but don't like hearing us <laughs> chat about stuff. <laughs> it'd, be a, it'd be a very
0: small niche. You like the, the weird cut down of the trailer I put in around about seven or eight minutes in?
1: You were scanning it to get there? <laughs> well, Shag, that, that was my diverting opening anecdote that I'm, that I'm sorry for... Uh, look, look Adele, Adele's right. You're going to really enjoy the book. Can't wait for you to read it and for us to talk about it.
0: And oh, Nightmare Method coming soon. Before we get to the Nightmare Method, before we get to 2024, mm. we have to talk about 2023. Yes. Merry Christmas, Peach, is when this episode comes out. Oh, sick. It is actually Christmas Day. <gasps> I mean, in the mm. in the podcast verse. Yes. When this pod is being released, if you listen yes. to it on day of release, Merry Christmas. Peach, for hey. real, can I say... I really wanted to get you these like cricket trading cards for Christmas. But then I realized it'd be like, you're just, you'd just be like, oh, cool. And then be like, what am I supposed to do with these fucking cricket trading cards?
1: So uh, I've like, even our children are now at the level of like, you've already got too much stuff. Like <laughs> when, when golden children received gifts that I was like, Hey, yep. Take a photo of it. And then I'll send, then I'll text that photo of the person who gave it. And then I'll put it under the house. And if you've forgotten it exists in the next eight weeks, then it gets donated to charity. Like, Shag, you did the right thing. You had the perfect thought. It's tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. We're on the right wavelength.
0: That's what I and think. And I would it. have been
1: like, Shag, this rules. Thank you for this. <laughs> and I would have put it in the drawer. That's what, that's what I think. My gift to you is not having to say, thanks, Peach. This is such a thoughtful gift. My, <laughs> my gift to you is not giving you
0: <laughs> So what I have given to you is what I think every adult needs uh, in 2023 yes. moving forward is to borrow the opinions of other people. So, Pete, I'm going to give you the top five horror films of 2023, according to Spooko. Are you ready? Talk
1: to me about them. (laughs) I'll try to only make that joke one more time. But when will I make it?
0: Now, before we get to to the actual top five, I've got some honorable Mm. mentions for the year. I'm being a little bit loosey goosey with these because they're not necessarily films, but they're Mm. things that I think deserve a mention this year.
1: Number yeah, one. The
0: Matildas. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the Matildas, obviously. But number one, turns out maybe nepotism is a bad thing. Yeah. Nepotism rules
1: is a really strange conclusion. And, and it write. happened
0: organically, right? Like, think mm. of our pod. Think of everything we stand for. Of yep. course, horror Nepo babies we'd be against. And yet, yes. and yet,
1: and yet, Infinity Pool rules. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Uh, number two, of all the Australian artists I thought we'd be shouting out on this pod this year, Sia. From Adelaide, being featured in two amazing films in very, again, organic ways.
1: I don't remember that at
0: all. (laughs) It'll come up. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. And finally, and finally, Mm. even though she's not a film, I feel like if she was a film, she'd be number one. Is Mackenzie Arnold? Mackenzie, she the yeah, the, the Australian women's <laughs> if team. If she so. was a film, she <laughs> would be number Mackenzie one. Mackenzie Arnold would be, if she was a number one. But also Mia Goth. Mia Goth is mm. the Mackenzie Arnold of horror filmmaking, I think. <laughs>
1: She's done the heavy lifting this year. She yeah, played yeah.
0: a clutch role in horror filmmaking in 2023. She was an important part of this pod. And yep. we needed to shout her out. But anyway, She Peach. came up
1: against the French juggernaut <laughs> of various other films and she overcame them.
0: <laughs> but, Peach, are you ready for Spooko? So, Al, top five yes. horror films of 2023.
1: Can't wait to hear what I helped us decide on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, number five. Oh,
1: maybe if we did have a battle DJ, that, 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 that would make us more commercial. Like, rewind. <laughs>
0: So so hang on, hang on. We'd get a battle DJ on a third window in Zoom.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And when I say battle DJ, I think I'm getting it 100% wrong and what I'm really thinking of is the remember when Parks and Recreation fell off after about season three Mm. and they would often visit their saturday night live friends from years past who hosted the r- radio breakfast show the uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, shag, yeah the peach yeah. and shag of their universe i've just <laughs> forgotten and they had the sound effects person and i was like when i say battle dj i'm actually thinking of a sound effects person
0: the funniest millennial <laughs> revisiting of pop culture that's happened i think in the past couple of years is <laughs> how for a couple of seasons and a couple of years, everyone was like, Brooklyn 99's is amazing. And then everyone was like, hang on, this, this whole show glorifies, you know, like unquestioningly the police force. And yeah. all the bad guys in it are literally labeled bad guys and they're bad. And cops just playing around and making jokes, but still like shooting people and arresting people for literally nothing. Was was good. Like, do you remember? Remember how everyone was like, "Oh fuck!" Like, what have we been thinking? Like, what were we watching? And even the whole cast were like, "Ah fuck!" Like, what have we done? The whole cast were like, "What have we done?" Uh, Is that is that right? They basically were like, like after after the Black Lives Matter protests. I remember what they had to retool the final season, and were basically like. Yeah, we we got to get rid of this show. This will be the final season. And the whole oh, final God. season is like, actually, are cops good? Like, literally, you'll see the change in tone. It's so funny.
1: It reminds me of, Shag, like, and you know, no one outside of Australia and under the age of 35 is going to get this reference, but, like, the 12th man that we've referred to before, like, oh, these hilarious, like, jokes of this guy putting on accents from different countries all around the world. And we're like, oh, funny stuff, pretty funny stuff to hearing all these different accents. It's like, oh. That's actually not a very good thing.
0: The most shameful part of Mm. Australian culture is how 20 years ago, Mm. putting on an Indian accent Mm. on like mainstream TV was considered the height of comedy. Yeah. Super funny stuff. In our lifetime, that Mm. was a thing that people accept. Well, I mean, that middle class white people accepted unquestioningly.
1: And even now, like, boomers would be like, oh, they won't let you say it on TV, but it's still <laughs> the funniest joke there is. <laughs> like, actually oh,
0: Every, everybody's <laughs> literally got, like, an uncle at Christmas who can't wait to, like, sneakily debut their accents. And it's like, Whoa. oh, God. <laughs> and it's like, I don't mean to be, like, overly woke, but it's always an uncle. I rarely hear about it. Like, I mean, everyone does. You know, you know what? There are racist aunties that exist, but it's usually a racist <laughs> Like, they exist. Don't get me wrong. Anyway, all right. that—that—that uh, uh,
1: like, that, that, that is the Karen archetype, I guess I would
0: say. I guess, Karen's yeah. an auntie. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Karen is canonically an auntie. That's so yeah. true.
1: <laughs> we figured it out. All
0: right. Okay. So the fifth film we covered on episode 199, mm. a film that, I think I appreciated more, thanks to our guest, the legendary Ruby Miles, who we'll be seeing more of in 2024, Mm. Megan, or Me Thregan, as you would correctly pronounce it. Yes,
1: M. Thregan, good stuff.
0: I mean, when I think about why this film's great, I think about, you know, what Ruby talked about with the character and why she became such a gay icon. And she was basically like, look, the rules of camp is you can't aim to be camp. And, you know, I work in a world like marketing, you know, sort of corporate creativity, where people are trying to constantly create like viral moments or like PRable moments, we call them. But the thing is to create something that's truly part of the culture, you kind of have to be authentic. And Megan was that. She was this weird Mm. TikTok era, evil doll, like the perfect reimagining of Child's Play for 2023.
1: And it's interesting, right? because earnestness is almost always the way. And this this almost comes back to a Nepo baby point of like someone who's developed a lot of skills in the area and had a lot of experience seeing how these things get made turns out at being good at making them themselves um, because they tried their best and had a lot of skills. And to the extent there's any genetic handover, you know, they had that too. And you can imagine that similarly for a cultural artifact like this, like you see it translate from being hey, I think this would just be a cool idea for a movie and I'm going to do my best to make it a cool idea rather than, like, getting a data set and trying to reflect on, you know, whatever areas, whatever segmentations we're trying to hit.
0: And also, when I mentioned Sia before, there's that perfect, like, this film kind of takes risks. I think all of these mm. films this year take risks, that, that we love this year, that we loved this year, kind of take risks. Together, yeah. And there's that moment where just out of nowhere, to comfort the girl she's been assigned to protect, Megan sings Sea's Titanium. And it's just the most beautifully culturally aware moment, I think, across all five of these films we mentioned. I think that that moment alone, or perhaps the dance they created for, mm. for Megan before she takes, oh, actually, no, let's talk about, this is a horror podcast, let's talk about yeah. the fact that why hasn't anyone up until Megan taken the guillotine off the office guillotine used yep. it as a machete to walk into an elevator to fucking tear shit up. What a you know perfect kill. First?
1: Do you know who did that first? Who? Thomas Shag McMullen on episode approximately 130 of this podcast when we had Will Reichelt on and Shag, we were doing a Spooko Studios brainstorm, and I haven't re-listened to it, but hearing you raise that, I am more or less certain that you arrived at that conclusion potentially before M3 again.
0: I'm a fucking god. All right, okay. You're a
1: chandelier, Shaq. You're talking you're your a you
0: are. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Number four. four. <laughs> okay, so no one likes to be told they're not perfect. Yes. <laughs> it's a tough, yes. No, no, but it's a mm. tough thing to hear, right? It's a tough thing mm. to hear. And what I mean by that is, is when someone calls you out on your behavior and you have to reflect and go, oh, yeah, look, I'm not the paradigm of everything I believe in that I thought I was. Do you kind of know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like when you were planning to say the word paragon, but you ended up saying paradigm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like, like a really good example. A really good example mm. is last week I was having a particularly tough week and I didn't say thanks mm. in, during that podcast, but I should say thanks to... Adele as well, who yes. just is, you know... She's... Like
1: Adele actually listens to this podcast, hey? That must be a weird experience. It's a weird experience. has listened to like one episode. <laughs>
0: she listened to like the first episode. It
1: was like, no, nah, I don't like
0: it. <laughs> I mean, look, Adele's such an important part of the podcast, but I was Go having Adele. such a difficult week last week. And, you know, mm. our toxic work approach is that we record episodes no matter what. Mm. And, and I just want to say thank you to Adele for like looking after me last week. It really... It's the mm. reason why... This week's episode is not as weird and negative and strange as last week's episode. but I liked last week's episode. I did. No, me too. I really liked it. When I was editing it, I was like, oh, wow, this is so much better than I thought it would be. Nice. But but part of that episode was us shitting on Evil Dead Rise, right? Like, And I, I really appreciated you picking up on me having a bad time and deciding you would fucking go nuclear on Evil Dead Rise. It was a kind of a beautiful moment in the pod. It was like that time when
1: someone pulled a gun on me, but no one even brings up that organically in conversation
0: anymore. (laughs) I'm hoping in 2024 that someone's
1: like, Peach, how crazy is that? That's going to be
0: one of our cold opens in 2024, I promise. I promise. I can't wait. But I need to to surprise you with it. I need to to surprise you with it. Um, But one of of the outcomes of that is Mm. Evil Dead Rise is probably a universally loved horror film from this year. It's on pretty much is every... That,
1: is that so? Did anyone actually watch it? No, or- no.
0: It, was, it, it, it made really good bank at the box office. It's made a lot of end-of-year lists, including non-horror end-of-year lists. It's done really well. And we had quite a few people who listened to our pod be like, you know, like... Not like and I kind of get it. Be like, oh, I'm a bit bummed you didn't like it because I love this film. And we had one person... And remember, mm. I'm the one who watched it. You didn't watch it, so I watched it. And we yeah. have, uh, you know, one person text in and just have a really good critique and be like, "Hey, I've noticed a lot of like straight white guys don't love this film, and I think it's kind of because when they watch it, there's nothing in it for them to sort of identify with." And and I'm paraphrasing a comment. That's a very fair critique, right? It's sorry very fair, you... and it's mm. one of those critiques where I was like, "Where I was like, oh wow, I'm not perfect." Yeah, and it's not that I am perfect, but it's mm. one of those things where it's like, at first you hear it and you're like oh, wait, the first thing my brain goes, negative criticism, fight or flight. And mm. then it goes, hang on, listen to the negative criticism. Mm. And then I go, oh, wow, you know, maybe that's true. Anyway, so, so I think that's a really important thing and I kind of want to watch the mm. film again because of that.
1: Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, as much as we have a go at Lee Cronin, um, he, the, the director and creator of it, he is not tin-eared to that. Right? Like, there's a reason he cast it almost principally with non male actors and to deal with experiences that he clearly considers to be non male exclusive, including, very obviously, the, the experience of motherhood. Mm-mm. What I found distasteful was the fact that in attempting to engage with and adopt the appearance of a non-male work of art, what he failed to do was to bring on board as a consultant, a co-writer, a co-director, was a voice who can speak from that experience. And so the negative response I have is very much that sort of advertising four or five years ago where a boardroom full of old white guys goes, oh, fuck, we need to make this look more diverse. Just here's a tick box of races you need to include in this ad. Just tick every single race and we've done it. Well done, old mm. white guys. We've done it again. And I got from this a very um, perhaps genuinely well-intentioned uh, vibe from Cronin to be like, oh, yeah, fuck fuck the patriarchy. I'm going to do my bit uh, and I'm going to tell stories from a non-male perspective. It goes without saying any step to attempt to dismantle the patriarchy is to be applauded um and so i applaud that goal i i think where i i think what i am most frustrated by in this particular artwork is attempting to do that without consulting with people around you uh and engaging them and paying money to them <laughs> importantly mm-hmm. you know um while trying to leverage their experience so i, I it, yeah it's more the old white guys in a boardroom um, uh, drafting, uh, multi-racial Christmas Day lunches sort of vibe that I found most distasteful.
0: So this was all a big roundabout way of saying mm. our number four film is important because I think it points a finger at the audience by saying you are not perfect. And our mm. number four film is Infinity Pool. I get that it's a bit controversial mm. and polarising. Some people loved it, some people hate it. What I loved about this film, besides the nepotism, because... <laughs> you know, like we're a bro nepotism podcast now. Yeah. Is that one of the realizations we've had on this pod, and we've always mm. joked about our heads being on spikes when the revolution mm. comes, but just to live and exist and make podcasts in the first world, we are living on the backs of the kids mm. dying in war-torn countries. We yep. are living on the backs of the people working in factories in the developing mm. world, you know, making electronic and, you know, the things the that we use, the t-shirts we yeah. wear every day. We are living on the backs of the service workers who are Mm. always first generation Mm. migrants who we will complain about the moment our fucking delivery is is 15 minutes late over the half hour we were told it was going to be right. Like, and I think infinity pool does that in a really clever, messy way with such a wildly inventive concept. The idea that you will go to this tropical nation resort where if you leave the grounds and if you hurt somebody, if you commit a crime, you can just create a clone of yourself and kill that cr- clone that has feelings. Execute that clone and then go about your life again because your money basically makes you immune to any consequences. And I, like I can't, I like I can't go past how perfect that is. As I guess, not just a great concept for how people are feeling now, but also like a little bit of I guess like a warning of where we like you know the the distrust the the animosity like the divisions that are coming because of the way we're living our lives
1: and it's that very constructive metaphor for me of like yes okay you pay your money to excuse yourself from liability but in doing so you destroy yourself you know and it's just it isn't a heavy-handed metaphor necessarily but i I think Infinity Pool. I'm surprised it wasn't higher, actually. Mm. Like, and I might have to look back over the emails we exchanged when we were putting together this top five.
0: Because <laughs> I'm sure
1: I am <laughs> sure I had it higher up the list. Because <laughs> I consider that to be such a eloquent metaphor. And it strikes me that it wasn't as heavy-handed as it could have been as well.
0: Three. So the number three had to be you know, I have a reason for this for this ranking. And number mm. three. Probably would have been higher if it had a better non X Filesy ending. But number three had probably the twenty scariest minutes of filmmaking I've mm. ever seen across you know the two hundred plus films we've watched on this pod. Number three is No One Will Save You. Yes. Two facts. Number one, aliens just aren't scary. Hard to make them scary. Facts. Demons are automatically scary. Ghosts can be scary. Mm. Possession is scary. Aliens just aren't scary, especially like classic Roswell, Big Eyes, Flying Saucer, ali- uh,
1: Martian, yep.
0: Right? So here comes this film with those aliens, with those flying saucers, mm. and creates 20 minutes so tense that I could not watch it alone at night. I have never experienced this in my life. I literally had to turn off the film, wait mm. till the – and even like after I turned off the film, sitting in bed at night – I was scared as fuck. And then I had to wait till the morning and watch it again. And I I, like, you know, it's mind boggling that a film creator could do that in 2023. And
1: possibly the best title ever. I might just float ever out there. Yeah. Um, There's nothing that springs to mind. Good night, mommy. Great, great title. Yeah. You will never be alone. Is that what it was called? 2022's best film.
0: Yeah. You won't be alone.
1: You won't, you won't be like, I mean, no one will save you. Perfect title, absolutely sh- a shining beacon to other title writers around. i I'm, I'm I'm less committed to the bit of doing the fake DJ scratching shake, and I really regret. I really regret having it on the early numbers.
0: <laughs> so Australia is a really weird, imperfect country. Mm. Had a particularly racist year. Like we've had lots of racist years, and twenty twenty three might go down as one of our most racist years with the no vote in the voice referendum. Oh gosh, yeah. We talk have, to me about it. We we have we have some of the best beaches in the world. Like, and again, I yeah. don't I don't mean to be like I don't mean to be really mean to you, but if you've never been to Australia and you think you've been to a good beach, then. I really feel sorry yeah, for you. i you better little...
1: have been to South Africa is the point.
0: Yeah. I'm just a bit embarrassed for you, basically. <laughs> yeah. I think you're living in you're living in a bubble that is imperfect. we but... have
1: had a lot of English listeners and they're like, no, our beaches have got <laughs> lovely rocks on them. You get to walk all over the rocks. <laughs> Every time I the go best. on
0: a beach with pebbles or rocks <laughs> and it hurts your feet and it's like... A beach should be a pleasurable experience. It shouldn't be hard to get to the water. And even then when you put your feet down in the water, you're feeling rocks like what the
1: fuck? And also you should be able to walk barefoot on a beach oh, completely. Like comfortably.
0: Completely. Oh my god. Yeah. And the water should be warm-ish enough to swim and not And not sort of murky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also refreshing and not so warm like when you're in the Mediterranean and it's like blah blah blah.
1: Yeah, and like and for all our Italian listeners, like you don't have to have an infinite number of deck chairs on a beach for (laughs) it to be really nice. You can actually have a bit of space to yourself and sort of spread out. It's really nice. Anyway,
0: all right. One of the weird things Australia does even in 2023 and the age of the internet Mm. is just delay films releases. Sometimes it's like a film will be out everywhere and Australia will be like, Oh wait six months till everyone can see this film. (laughs) It's just, mm, just (laughs) just right. Just, just, just just picant (laughs) enough. So, so this is, this is a bit cheeky because it it was released in 2023 here, but it wasn't released anywhere else, but because I, I just need to include it in a list. So, Number two was released in Australia in 2023 is
1: Pearl. Ah, lovely. Yes, 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 yes. And. Me a let's get it.
0: Honestly, in, in, you know, in another, in another lifetime, this would be number one. But, Peach, I think you understand what number one's going to be.
1: I think I do. And if only there were some record scratches that could accompany it.
0: So, number one, I mean, there's, there's two reasons why our number one is number one. Hmm. You know what? In fact, there's three reasons. The first reason, obviously, a lot of Australian films are terrible. Like, don't add... No. like I'm not. We, you know, I've talked about this before. We just have a lower bar because people don't see a lot of like because Australia is such a like bubbled country, people mm. see Australian film as the bar rather than world film as the bar. So, yes. because of that, or, or like Australia creativity is the bar rather than world creativity is of the bar. And though a lot of the things that are popular here kind of suck and what often happens is someone goes beyond that and it's not necessarily popular here straight away but it gets popular around the world and then australian's like oh fuck like what has everybody seen that we didn't see and then it becomes popular here
1: it's the wolf mother experience the babadook experience
0: (laughs) and i think that's something that's happened with this film because here are these two creators that didn't come up making films they came up making a youtube channel and they had this idea for a horror film and what i love about this the second reason is how much this film is all about creativity and staying true to what you want to make your intro about the fact that you know our third member of spooko is our battle dj and not the market (laughs) i think i think it's probably really important because Mm. it's the same for the filmmakers that made number one in that they were offered a deal with american production companies who were like Mm. we'll make it but we want to set it in america and we want to change all this stuff and they're like no fuck that we're just going to make it here and we're going to take a risk And they ended up making the number one horror film of the year, Peach.
1: Quick sidetracko, Shag, how much money would you accept to sell out? And the selling out would have to be complete. You could never take it back and you could never subtly apply that money to your real sort of ends. And you could never be like, oh, I've seen the era of my ways, like Malcolm Fraser style. How much money would you accept to properly sell out? forever and all time and be remembered as someone who sold out?
0: I think this is a really interesting question because, you know, I've never like, I've always led a pretty comfortable middle-class existence. Mm. So I don't think I've ever truly experienced what it is to feel like I'm heading into poverty. So mm. I think I think if I was someone who had experienced that. Oh, you've
1: sold out already. Is no, that no,
0: no, no. My point <laughs> is it's like in my mind, mm. I'm like, I kind of, I kind of don't think I would, but I think it's Mm. because I have this innate understanding in my mind that I'm always going to be okay because that's always been my experience. So I think my answer would be different if I'm so, if I was someone who had to properly deal with the effects of a poverty or living below the poverty line. But I just, I I, like, I mean, fuck, like I'm sure given a ridiculous enough figure, I'd be tempted, but I think I like, I genuinely, and it's the same thing with this podcast. I think I just like making stuff too much and it's hard to make stuff you believe in if you have sold out. Yeah. How about you, Peach?
1: 40 million um, (laughs) is kind of what I had in mind. (laughs) I think that's probably enough because you just want to equip your kids with an education that would allow them to be like my fucking sellout old man, I'm going to have to undermine everything he did. Yeah.
0: But, but look the number one reason why this film from 2023 is our number one film of 2023 comes down to one scene. And it's a scene for me, which kind of changed horror filmmaking forever. I think teenagers have been the same in horror films since maybe scream. Really? I think they've all been Mm. meta idiots since the nineties because of fucking scream. And I think for the first time in two decades, talk to me comes along. Yes. Yes. And shows teenagers how they truly would react to something supernatural. And that scene is the montage in which they essentially treat a haunted possession hand like a party drug and yes. they create fucking TikToks and Snapchats of it. It is, it is a, like, it is, it, it was a scene when I watched that scene. I think in my mind it was solidified. I, like, and I think I probably even said it on the episode we did mm. back in 197 with Too Scary Didn't Watch. I think I even said at the time I was like, oh, this is the best horror film of the year because of that scene.
1: It's interesting, right? Um, and it comes back to the, almost the point about M3 Megan, Um, Megan that you can't go into writing that scene to be like, I'm going to write a scene that's going to change horror <laughs> you, films Right? Forever. You
0: can't like, do that.
1: And so it must be a naturally occurring moment that arises from the storytelling. And it, and it can arise from criticism, right? Of being like, I have not seen teens um, portrayed in a way that I think is natural, and so I'm going to give it a bash in my film. Uh, but I think we see, again, the triumph of earnestness and the triumph of genuine storytelling versus a sort of an attempt at pandering or an attempt at something grandiose. Uh, so I'm, I'm there, Shag, I'm with you.
0: So Talking Pe- about it, <laughs> Peach. That's our top five mm. of 2023. I I probably should have checked. In fact, in fact, Peach, like yeah, yeah, and I'm listening. To this. Uh, like, like, are, are you okay with our top five? We can, we can like edit it or something if you don't like it. I did think, I,
1: with great respect, um, I didn't see Pearl, but I do feel like Infinity Pool's a little low.
0: Like, uh,
1: <laughs> I wouldn't mind if <laughs> Infinity
0: Pool could jump. Can I, can, I, can I tell you something that might make you change your mind? Nope. Nope. So there's this really terrible scene in Infinity Pool that somebody actually brought to our attention, and I uh, intentionally didn't talk about it. There's, okay. I, I think I told you about how there's the handjob scene at the start. Well, they yes. actually do like a zoom close-up on like an erect penis, and we see it ejaculate for like zero reason. And it was a bit of a like edgy filmmaking technique that just didn't need to be in there. And I think it's the sort of scene you would have that would have really pissed you off. So yeah, does, fact, does that help?
1: Fact, yeah, that helps a lot. Okay. Actually. <laughs> All
0: right. Okay. All right. Well. All right. We did it. Top five. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well,
1: well. Now, stay tuned in twenty twenty four. There's going to be we're going to make a lot of money. We're going to embrace <laughs> that nepotism. We're going to do the nightmare method. We're going to get that cash. It's going to be happy New Year's. There's going to be more peach being pissed off at stuff. There's going to be. Um, there's going to there be? be horror films there's going to be getting sidetracked there's going to be Gordon Ramsay chat there's going to be all different kinds of stuff
0: I think the only thing you can be sure of is because of our toxic work ethic there will be an episode next week for New yes. Year's Day we oh, will
1: feel bad about it <laughs> uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can and rushes what's up